0: Hello and welcome to There's No Business Like, a podcast where friends and industry colleagues explore topics and interview leaders in our industry of professional theatrical touring.
1: Hey, it's Brian Zelmer from There's No Business Like. Today's episode is going to be very different from our usual format. If you're a regular listener, you know the No Business Like pod squad recently traveled to Indianapolis to attend the Midwest Arts Expo, where we were given a booth in the expo hall. We conducted 50 interviews with colleagues live from that very booth, and we're excited to share these short format conversations with you. Because we recorded so much content, we had to break it up into two separate episodes. This week will be part one, in which we feature 21 different colleagues. The guests all introduced themselves in this episode, but please note that all five quad producers took turns conducting interviews, so while we aren't formally introduced in this episode, you'll hear Katie Miller, Danielle Van Hook, Josh Benson, Kevin Maynard, and me, Brian Zelmer. Now, please enjoy part one of Live from the Booth at Max.
2: Tiana Conway, Managing Director of Moraine Valley Community College. I am a presenter at a college in Palos Hills, Illinois. And why the arts and why do you do what you do? Well I got started young in the arts. I started off in fourth grade and you know the band teachers like what instrument do you want to play? Started off in clarinet, hated it. <laughs> <No offense. laughs> uh, and was really adamant that I wanted to play saxophone and yeah from there I just really thrived in it. I was uh, one of the youngest that went to the Wisconsin ambassadors of music and traveled to Europe at 15 years old. And then I went to college and got my degree in it. So that's where it started.
3: So why conferences and what is your favorite conference memory?
2: Ooh, uh, Well, I think conferences are important because we need to do business in person and create those relationships. Um, and favorite conference. I mean, I guess I'll have to go with my first one, which would have been 2000 five in Indianapolis, I believe it was. (gasps) I might have to actually look that one up. I'm really good with memory of dates, but I think, yeah, it's just because it was my first experience and coming here and, and, and the engagement and, you know, someone just said it today perfectly, it's a big family and we all just want each other to succeed and do well.
3: What's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field?
2: Networking and getting to know people. Um, You know, I might seem like I am very extroverted. I I think my job requires that, but uh, so it was not always the easiest thing for me to do. But even if it's not, I mean, just take a chance and talk to someone. Uh, Everyone has great value of uh, information and just so helpful. That's what helped me get where I am.
3: What is your hope for the future of our industry? What changes would you like to see in the next five to 10 years?
2: It's hard now because after the pandemic, the arts is still struggling, and I think there's a lot of people who don't really understand that. And for me, for our future, I just want to see us thriving. Uh, our, you know, kids are right now is everything's on their laptop or their phone, and. They're not seeing live arts the way they should, and I want to make sure that we still are vibrant in the future. Okay, so what is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of? Uh, mishappen, um Ooh, okay, so APAP, I went to Saw Music Man. It was closing weekend um, with uh, Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. Sometimes when you watch a show, you don't want them to break character, but it really humanized them, and you could tell they're having a really good fun, and you know when blocking's happening, when it's natural, mm-hmm. and seeing when he touches, you know, Puts his hand on one of the kids' shoulders, and the way they turned around, it was very genuine. So it wasn't a mishap, but it was really neat to see Aww. something like that come up and occur. So be more so positive, a twist to it. I love that. <laughs> love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us on There's No Business Like. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. You're welcome.
4: <laughs> Rory Trainer from Unlimited Miles. Uh, I'm a booking agent for a boutique jazz roster. Uh, we have about 20 artists in with jazz artists from beginning of their career through jazz masters yeah. um, in, their, in their peak. Uh, I represent the Northeast and the, the, the Midwest states and yeah, book my artists throughout there. So Rory, for you, why the arts? What do you, why do you do what you do? I originally got into the art world to study theater at college. Uh, like stumbled my way into the mm. presenting world right after college. Uh, presented at a multidisciplinary art center, um, mission based work, uh, jazz, world music, contemporary mm-hmm. dance. I uh, did that for 10 years and then ran a small organa- music organization in Maryland. So, why conferences? Necessity? <laughs> Perfect. No, I don't know. No, that's, I mean, that's yeah. a valid answer, yeah, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah it, it's a relationship building. Yeah. Way and uh,
5: being in person matters. Excellent. An extension of that question. Okay. What is your favorite conference moment? A uh, conference in New Orleans where uh,
4: I got to go to the crew de parade and the balcony that I was on with because the CEO of the organization their, their apartment was on Frenchmen and Quarters. Wow. So up there <laughs> yeah, getting a, hit with real glass beads and <laughs> like yeah and watching crew do
5: at my first night in New Orleans ever Wow yeah that's yeah that's a heck of a, a that's yeah. that'd be a tough yeah. one to top what's the best piece of advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field be curious about who you are getting to work with mm-hmm. yeah. be
4: curious okay. and listen
5: what is your hope for the future of our industry what changes would you like to see in five to ten years our industry is sometimes
4: considered you know non-essential within the Mm -hmm. culture of the united states i'd like to see the shifts in how we act as humans and treat each other as humans and back to where uh, it's valued and funded appropriately within our you know our society
5: what is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of i ran a world music festival in um
4: in milwaukee one of our artists wouldn't go on if we didn't get her her Jack Daniels bottle. So we sent the volunteer to, to buy Jack Daniels, and instead of getting like a like a little seven fifty, she came back with a, a two liter bottle because she, <laughs> she didn't know what to do. So the artist was very happy and and had you know a jug of Jack Daniels on stage. So oh my gosh! Not, for a family show, of course. Yeah, yeah.
5: So. Oh, yeah. that's great. <laughs> All right, that is it, Rory. Okay. Thanks for sitting down with us. Appreciate Thanks. it. Yeah.
6: Victor Haskins. I am a musician and composer and educator, and I perform both as a soloist and as a band leader. I have several different purely music as well as multidisciplinary projects that I uh, tour. Awesome.
0: Um, Why the arts? Why is it that you do what you do?
6: creating art is a powerful and necessary way to create new possibilities for our imaginations and of course our imaginations are the driving force into creating our realities and so when you experience powerful art which comes from someone's imagination it sparks new ideas in your imagination and makes new possibilities for you in order to create new realities for yourself and for the world around us and so the goal of Art for me is to plumb the depths of my imagination to expand what is possible for me to create and to manifest in the physical world in order for other folks to gain new pathways of what is possible for them to imagine and to create in their world. Why do you think conferencing like this is important? Conferencing is important because getting to meet people who are of a different experience or of a different mindset or... Uh, background who are in the same field uh, but who might be doing something either similar or completely different from what you do allows us all to raise our game and and do better business and to be more effective as performance artists and um, you know agents or presenters just to do a better job of bringing the arts to people which is at the end of the day what we're here to do is to bring high quality experiences to people through the arts.
0: What's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field?
6: Uh, be curious and seek answers and seek more questions, because that's going to help you grow the most uh, in, in every context in, in terms of how you do business um, and, by extension, how you really do anything. Just being curious and saying, well, how does that work and why does that work will lead you to new questions. And those questions will lead you to greater heights as a professional or, or even as a creative.
0: Yeah. What is your hope for the future of our industry like what changes do you think you want to see in the next five to ten years
6: if folks had access to more information uh, by folks I mean folks in at all levels whether we're talking about artists or presenters or agents um, having more information allows you to be better informed which allows you to be more valuable and to help everyone else do their job I mean it's like playing in a band if you're play with really good tempo or really good pulse and whatnot or you play really in tune, that's going to help everyone else play in tune and play with good pulse and that uh, can only help uh, you know. rising tides raise all ships.
0: What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of?
6: Yeah, I'm trying to think of like any crazy stuff I've seen. I haven't seen anything crazy happen on stage as of late have I I maybe I just maybe maybe it's just become normalized maybe crazy stuff happens all the time I don't know I got I know and we're
0: so like immune to it
6: right it's just like yeah that's happening okay (laughs) All
0: right. well you made it it. you made it you made it through the lightning round congrats thank Thank you you. (laughs) appreciate it
7: Steve I'm the executive director of the Aberdeen Area Arts Council and my job and main focus is to bring the arts and connect the arts to the Aberdeen community.
5: Why the arts? Why do you do what you do? The arts are
7: an important part of not only just our lives, but in our community. It it shows the community that there are different areas that we haven't even looked at as far as culture and diversity. And once we look deeper into that, we're just like, oh, there's like this aha or epiphany mm. moment where you're like, oh wow, I've seen this before and this is how it's applied. And this is, now I know where this is coming from. So, it, you know, if you think about art, it, there's always a foundation or a root of where it came from. Yeah. And then when you discover that, it's just kind of like an amazing experience, and then you know why you're doing it
5: now. So Steve, this might want be a, a challenging one for you, but why conferences is part one of that question. The follow-up is, what is your favorite conference moment? So this is my first conference. Yep. So <laughs> uh,
7: I think conferences, for me, uh, just coming into this as a new person, it's really important to be exposed and to be around people that, um, let's just say they're your people, yeah. right? And then you get to rub off some ideas and get some clarification on things that you might not even know uh, could be a resource for you. Yeah. Uh, so th- that's really important.
5: What's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field?
7: Always ask questions and never to be afraid to ask them and don't be afraid to ask the wrong question.
5: (laughs) What is your hope for the future of our industry? Like, or what changes would you like to see in the next five to 10 years?
7: My hope or wish is more art, right? Yeah. We, we just finished that AEP6 study with the American for the Arts, so, waiting patiently for those results and yeah. seeing how the arts uh, impacted the economy. And uh, it, it just, you know, we need that funding as well too, to back the arts to keep doing what we're doing.
5: What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of? <laughs> Uh, recently, I was watching an act, and somebody's zipper was
7: down. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I should raise my hand and say something in the middle of it. Um, just let him keep doing what he's doing.
5: <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, well, Steve, thanks for sitting down with us. All right. Thanks for having me.
8: Hi, I'm Allie Haynes-Hamlin uh, with the Eisman Center in Richardson, Texas. So I'm an arts administrator. I'm the executive director at the Eisman Center in Richardson, Texas, and I book shows uh, to come to Richardson, and I also oversee the facility. We are city-owned and operated, so I also have the great good pleasure of interacting with other city departments at the city of Richardson.
1: Why the arts? Why do you do what you do?
8: So I have been involved in the arts since I was a baby. I come from a performing arts family. My mother was a singer. My father was a singer. My grandparents were directors and creators and writers and actors themselves so um, it was, it's kind of in my blood I've always loved great. it and um, I mean, truly have been doing it since I was a little baby That's so great. I really couldn't imagine myself doing <laughs> anything else
1: why conferences and what is your favorite conference moment
8: oh well, conferences I think are so important for just meeting other people in the field and hearing about how other people are tacking, tackling problems because we're all facing the same issues. We're just getting you know, creative with um, how we're solving them. So it's really helpful to share that information. I love also meeting the agents in person and hearing about the new artists that they're cultivating and that they're trying to grow in certain markets. Um, I really love showcasing because I love to see The artists perform live, and I mostly love to see how the audiences respond to them.
1: That's great. I love that. What's the best piece of business advice you can give to new colleagues in the field?
8: Take an accounting class, understand how the finances work, know how to read a balance sheet, uh, know how to read a 990, and um, seek out a mentor. Even if you don't have a formal mentor relationship, those mentors are so important, and you can have a mentor that teaches you what you don't ever want to do or a mentor who teaches you exactly what you want to be when you grow up.
1: What is your hope for the future of our industry and what changes would you like to see in the next five to ten years?
8: Mm, I really would love to see uh, a lot more collaboration between the artists and presenters, a lot more commissioning and getting the presenters involved in helping to create new work and supporting the creation of new work and really helping to fund that i think that's something that artists really struggle with when they've got a fantastic idea sometimes there's just no resources to make it come to fruition so i shudder to think of how many amazing performances nobody has ever seen because that artist just didn't have access to resources to make it happen
1: do you have a favorite stage mishap that you've been a part of or witnessed
8: oh golly So I used to be an actor. So I have a lot of stage (laughs) (laughs) mishaps.
1: What's one that pops in your head right now?
8: Oh, my. Well, the one that immediately popped into my head was when I was in college. I was in um, a show that was like a... Conglomeration of a bunch of different scenes from Shakespeare, um, some sonnets, and some cuttings from plays and whatnot, and um, our crew had built this elaborate stage that like uh, raked up, so it was high in the upstage mm-hmm. and low in the downstage area, and the whole like pre-show thing was that we were supposed to go out there and warm up in front of the audience and do our vocals and do our physical warm-ups. And I really like to jump and, like, get my body, like, excited. So I was jumping up and down on the stage, and I hit exactly this one weak point oh, wow. and busted straight through the platform and popped a huge hole in the platform and just stood there and stared at the audience like, I like, don't know what to do.
1: Did you get hurt?
8: I didn't get hurt, oh, thank the Lord. Good. Good. But our tech director was in the audience, in a tuxedo, watching the show, and was like, I got to <laughs> freaking go up there and fix this now. It was. I was so, so mortified and embarrassed, wow. but it was uh definitely a key moment and
1: in wow, seared a, into my brain i bet <laughs> thanks for doing this ali appreciate You're it
8: welcome thank you for having welcome.
9: me my name is vrocky peter i'm a singer songwriter i do cover songs top hits from 60s to current as well i'm a motivational speaker i share my story through my music how i came from insane hardship Mm -hmm. to becoming a success story in living the American dream and getting to live my dream as a musician. Why the arts? Why do you do what you do? Music is a form of healing. I studied biological sciences and biochemistry in college and got my degree in one of the best at it in California, and I was going to be a cardiologist. Uh, But I've sang and played music my whole life. I did it naturally. I taught myself music theory and all of it, play multiple instruments. And because I'm so fortunate to do music and started seeing how it impacted people, people telling me they were going to kill themselves. I have videos of this and heard my music and changed their mind. That impacted me in ways I couldn't believe and made me go, you know what? I'm choosing music over med school because I genuinely believe that I can heal people through music as much as I would have through medicine, if not more.
10: Why conferences and what is your favorite favorite
9: conference moment? My favorite conference at the moment is obviously Max Espo Arts Midwest. <laughs> Why not? I'm here so <laughs> it has to be my favorite conference today. <laughs> Ask me tomorrow, we'll find out. I'm sure it's still be Max Espo cuz I'll still be here tomorrow. Yeah. So, um tons of friends already. Josh is a great example, exhibit A. Uh, extremely kind, has been showing me the ropes of the conference, giving me wise advice. Um, You know, knowledge is power and knowledge is the most important thing you can give any human being. It's like the, the saying, Teach a man how to fish versus giving him fish. Um, That's been my favorite part, getting to meet people like you, Josh, who is an incredible, kind human being. Thank you so much.
10: What's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues that are new to the field? Which, I mean, that's kind of
9: yourself, so I don't know. Yeah, thanks. My best piece of advice is focus on your craft first. Master it. Become so undeniable that when someone sees you, even if they don't know who you are, When they see you, they cannot refute what you have to offer and they cannot resist booking you for something. Become that good and believe in yourself and don't compare yourself to others. Just be the best version of yourself. Everything else will follow.
10: All right. And what is your hope for the future of our industry and in where it will go in the next five to 10 years?
9: my hope for the future of our industry is that artists and musicians and professionals in this industry get the type of respect that they deserve because we are very empathetic, emotional people who genuinely care about people. It's the reason why we do what we do because we care about people. We want to make a difference. When you empower the artists, you empower a society. We're so giving and so kind when we have the resources to give so my hope for this industry is that when we see talent and we see what that talent has to offer that we respect it and are willing to uh, properly compensate talents when you're hiring a talent you're not hiring a talent for an hour you're hiring them for the amount of time they spent from childhood to become as good as they are now my hope for this industry is that we are able to take care of our artists because our artists shapes our communities
10: well hey thank you so much for sitting down for a little bit thank you i appreciate you
11: bianca salt from from cadenza artists i'm the artist services and booking coordinator Professionally, I work for Cadenza Artists. I do all the contracting and advancing, so all the logistics when artists go on tour. I also handle some bookings. Um, I handle finances, tracking invoices, and all that jazz. Um, Apparently, I do um, graphic design as well because I do our magazine brochure every (laughs) conference and pretty much the jack-of-all-trades for them. And then part-time, I am also a fitness instructor at Crunch um, all over Manhattan. Why the arts? Why do you do what you do? Uh, since I was a child, three years old, I was put into dance school like every little uh, Long Island girl. I mm-hmm. um, was just put into dance and it stuck with me. Uh, I just fell in love love with it. Um, my first Broadway show was when I was six. I was like, I'm going to live in Manhattan. And I did. I went to college for dance. I had my degree in dance. I toured nationally and internationally for a little over a decade. Amazing. Um, and, you know, I just always fell in love with every aspect of it and now I'm just on the other side. you know doing oh my gosh doing the booking of That's it so, so wonderful really, yeah. so mm-hmm. why
3: conferences and what
11: is your favorite conference moment conferences i just think are so essential to connect face to face uh you know all day every day is emails calls so mm-hmm. i think um you know especially when we i feel it was apap this year of 2023 it was the first time we really all got together and it was just nice to see faces and i feel like conversations just stick a little bit more when you have that um connect the, that, that face-to-face connection. Mm. Um, my favorite conference move moments are really just um, the the after hours. It's the <laughs> it's when you just kind of like hang up the bag, put the laptop away, and really just again, I'm saying connect a lot, but just connecting and you know just getting to know people on a more personal level than just professionally. Yeah. So, what's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field? Keep yourself organized, um, you know, in whatever way that is, and um, stay hungry, you know. You're in it for a reason, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of no's, but there's a lot of yeses on the other side as well, so.
3: What is your hope for the future of our industry? What changes would you like to see in the next five to 10 years?
11: I just hope there's gonna be room for more diversity um, mm-hmm. and just kind of crazy out of the box um, ideas that will be welcomed by audiences. Um, Cause right now I think audience, were are like, oh well, I know what this is, and I'm gonna go to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, which has a time and place. I mean, I love, I love all that. So, but I would just like to see.
3: Yeah. All right. What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of?
11: I think my favorite that I've seen, um, I was a front row of Wicked. I think the first year it came out, and Norman Leo butts like swung into stage and planted himself and his entire pants split at the (gasps) seams and because we were in the front row it was very visible (laughs) and the best part is is that no one could no one could control themselves on stage it was completely broken it was just a nice human moment moment to see where it's like as much as they tried to ignore it everyone (laughs) lost it there was a good few minutes of just them laughing on stage and not getting their lines out so that, that one sticks with me for a really is, long time it is nice to
3: see
12: those
11: human moments yeah. i wish i had seen right. that it's so. like professionals here right i know oh my gosh you know? and i was like 21 and i'm like this is what i want to do i was like okay human moments well it was so nice to chatting to get to chat with you and get to know you a little bit too, and
3: Katie. thanks for
13: having you know, thanks for stopping by and being on the pod thanks so much Michela Musolino. I am a singer and I'm known for Sicilian folk and roots music. We are marrying Sicilian traditions with American roots, uh, kind of a a crash course in. um, Old traditions meeting new sounds from uh, from the U.S., especially sounds identified with Memphis, Tennessee.
5: Why the arts? Why do you do what you do?
13: I love Sicilian music. I love to sing. I love connecting with audiences and making them feel good. And I I, I get jazzed by that. And I, I love the connection with the audience. I, I just like to, I, I love the power of music, people, power of tradition and power of music.
5: This one might be a challenging, because you know, I know this is your first conference, um, or first one here. So why conferences?
13: Well it was something that had been recommended to me by people I trusted in the industry for quite a long time. The actual plan was to do this in 2020.
2: (laughs) And we all know how that turned out. (laughs) Uh,
13: But this year it worked out even more beautifully because I actually had connections uh, because I recently moved out to this area. I moved to Memphis, Tennessee two years ago. So I've, I've been meeting presenters in the area that said you should come to the conference. And I work with i um, able to join musicians that I love dearly and I, I adore their talents. So I was able to bring them up on stage with me and get everybody together under one roof, which is really fun. Sometimes, as we know, putting a band together and getting everybody into the same roof is not that easy. Yes. Uh, so it was kind of like the stars converged. Excellent. <laughs> and that's why I'm here.
5: What is the best piece of advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field?
13: I would suggest that you do find mentors as soon as you can. And find people that are established in all aspects of the performing arts industry. Talk to them and bounce ideas off of them and ask them for advice and find good ones and, and learn how to discriminate What's who's a good one, who's not a good one. Um, for example, uh, whether or not you ever have an agent, if you know some agents, and they're always very happy to, to give you good advice. And, and I I credit some of the agents that I've met through the years, even though I, I, at the present I don't have an agent, but um, some of my dear friends are agents and they've, they've really steered me in the right direction. And it, that's invaluable.
5: What is your hope for the future of our industry? Like what changes would you like to see in the next five to 10 years?
13: I really would like to see us get back to live everything and, and that human connection. I, I really would like us to, to focus on establishing that more than anything. And, and I don't know if we do that by um, giving our children more opportunities to experience mm. live music and live theater um, yes. because it, it does come from a sense of community. And I I would like us to have more opportunities to have entertainment. Uh, it's 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 frightening how young people, you know, to go to a concert. I remember I was a teenager, you know, concerts were concert tickets were cheap. Yeah. Uh, you could sit in the nosebleed section for dirt. Um, but when my daughter was quoting me concert prices, you're joking. Nobody pays that for to go to a show. Yep. So I'd like us to see more um, the use of m- more unique places for venues let's let's mm. put music in, in places where we wouldn't consider it let's let's do more music in parks let's let's use uh, unusual buildings and, and have concerts and pop-up things um, I, I would like music to return to community and and performing arts, even theater productions I'd like that to really return to community and let's get out of the idea that we have to go to this major center um, and we can only go into these giant buildings and that's the only way we can hear and, you know it's wonderful it's wonderful to be in a beautiful concert hall it's wonderful to be in a beautiful theater but you know theater can happen um in an art gallery yeah you know theater can happen in a storefront music can happen anywhere let's do that let's let's yeah. really get back to the human connection
5: yeah you were speaking my language what is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of <laughs>
13: <laughs> this is like there's so many um there's there's just so many um you know what let's go the other night it was i believe my first showcase the microphone i might always have to use a mic on a boom mm. and it it has to be quite a long boom. So sometimes the microphones are too heavy and sometimes the the stands are not adjusted. And as I was singing, and I I drum as I'm singing, uh, the microphone started to fall and it was making this beautiful arc. It was very gracious, very slow and it was getting lower and lower and people just jumped out of the audience to fix it. I don't know who they were, (laughs) but like three guys jumped up from different parts of the audience and, and helped fix it. And I don't know who they were, but I'm eternally grateful. I didn't have to miss a beat. I didn't have to, the microphone didn't clank or anything like that, but they all jumped in. Uh, so that was a real fun moment. Oh
5: my gosh, that's lovely, too. <laughs> it was like, Tuesday. It, is... it was my first yeah. showcase. It was Tuesday night. Oh my gosh, that's great. Uh, and that's the end. Thank episode. you so Thank much, Thank you Kevin. for joining us. It's Thank great. You. Thanks.
14: Lindsay Bauer, the executive director of the Fairfield Arts and Convention Center in Fairfield, Iowa. I create transformational experiences that build community. Why the arts? Why do you do what you do? Um, I believe that there is no better way to love each other than to sit in the same room, share a story. And um, I believe that the language of the soul is story. And when you share a story to me, then it becomes my story to tell. And then that bridges so many gaps. Um, I believe in rural arts access really hard. Uh, The decisions of the nation are made in the small towns. They're not made in the cities. We know how the cities vote. Mm -hmm. The politicians court the vote in the small towns. And we need to make sure that our small towns have access to to story, to connection, to empathy, to uh, to joy-building exercises. This is important, joyful people are powerful people. So why conferences, and what is your favorite conference memory? My favorite conference memory is the first Arts Midwest Conference I ever went to, which was in Columbus, Ohio. Um, back in 2017, I believe. Um, And I went with a a friend of mine at a neighboring um, organization, and we just had the best time. Uh, What I really, really appreciate about conference in general is that for us, especially in a rural market or in a small-town market, I'm the only person in my town who understands what I do. And one or two times a year, I get to go to a room full of people who understand what I do and who get excited about the same things that I do. It's like the one time in my life that I fit in. <laughs> it's so uplifting too, to have yes. that camaraderie. Yes, absolutely. And, and to not have to solve all the problems by yourself, to have mm-hmm. all of these people who are like, oh yeah, I had that problem last year, but I fixed it and here's how, and yeah. you can do it too. What
3: is your hope for the future of our industry? What changes would you like to see in the next five to 10 years?
14: you <laughs> I would like to see a, a stronger emphasis on rural arts, on um, on a support system, on education, on training, on funding uh, for our rural arts presenters. So many times in these small towns, the people who are running the organizations have no experience or training. They've never never done this ever ever before. They just mm-hmm. uh, happened to be in theater when they were in high school, and now now they're the director of the performing arts center, right. um, and and that is a role with a great deal of responsibility, and it is an honor that they have decided to step up and take this role often with almost no pay um, and I think it behooves us as an industry to be supporting those people not only again as I say the decisions of the nation are made in the small towns but also um, as we're building tours for artists we need to make sure that they're well cared for and at every stop and that there are more places for them to stop more places where it makes sense for them to go um, and I don't think that quality in education, entertainment, or food, should depend on geography, and I think that, that that's, that's something that we really have to pay attention to when we when we talk about uh, the future of the industry. We will not survive without the rural artists and the rural arts organizations. Mm. What is your favorite stage mishap that you
3: have witnessed or been a
14: part of? It was a play that I, I had the lead in, and it was a lot of roles, and there was a rant. The last act of the play was almost entirely, it was like a, a 25 minutes of me just ranting. Oh my and the other actors on stage responding with one line interjections, and, and then that would push the rant in a different direction. And um, I am a great line learner. I memorize early and I memorize everyone else's lines. It's just <laughs> how I tend to work when I'm working on a play. And uh, that did not happen. Um, at this particular performance and I dropped half the play but did not know that I had done so. Oh, no. And so the other actors are actually just staring at me in terror and I just keep going and, and I'm, I'm like it, it, thinking to myself, what is going on with these people? I have to cover for them. They just mm-hmm. like look like they don't know what's going on at all. And we get off stage and I'm opening my mouth to say, it's okay, nobody worry about it. Nobody noticed. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> and then one of the actors was like, you dropped this line. So I didn't say that line. And then I realized that I had like done it completely out of order. I had dropped two pages. Um, and it was like (gasps) the most humbling experience of like, I thought I was saving them. And actually I was just (laughs) killing them the whole time. Oh my God. It's like (laughs) the actor's worst nightmare. (laughs) It was a moment. It was a moment. It was definitely
3: a moment. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for stopping by the booth and sitting down with me. It's thank you for all of your work on max. The conference has been
14: amazing. everyone did so much work i just i did just barely enough to get my name on a screen (laughs) i know it's a little bit more than that so thank you for all of that
3: and uh thanks for sitting down with me it was so fun thank you guys for doing what you do lovely to see you in person thanks you too
15: chris Valillo. i am an independent artist an independent producer Um, and I run a small rural venue. Why the arts, like why do you do what you do? I began my career as an archeologist and um, I have a passion for the past, but archeology span was clearly not the area I wanted to be in. I did it for three years um, and then I decided at the ripe old age of 23, I was gonna give it up and I was gonna try to play music for a year. If I could pay the bills and continue. I didn't want to be rich or famous. I wanted mm-hmm. to do something I loved and and make it my life's work. Wow. And I have uh, been blessed enough to have pulled it off. Why conferences? Well, conferences were new to me a while ago, but what I found is that when you go to a conference, you learn about the industry. You learn how the process works. You meet people on a personal basis and begin to build relationships. Mm. And that's where the real learning comes, and that's where the real connections come from. Do you have a favorite conference moment? Probably the first time I had to showcase. Mm. It was in Milwaukee at Arts Midwest. And I followed Robin and Linda Williams, (laughs) who had been on my radio show in the 90s. Oh, gosh. What is the best piece
5: of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field? Take your time.
15: Learn as much as you possibly can about how this industry works. Mm. Um, If you go to a conference, research about the conference, research about the attendees. Uh, This year, I was involved in the mentoring committee, and it opened up my entire horizons as to the nature of who's here and what's going on and how to make connections. Yeah. So those are the critical elements. Don't worry about getting that first booking. Worry about beginning to build relationships and learning the industry and meeting other artists and presenters that that fit into your genre and your sphere. What is your hope
5: for the future of our
15: industry? Like what changes would you like to see happen? I would love to see more access to uh, ground-level um, artists. Mm. Uh, I have spent 20 years trying to work up to this level, mm-hmm. and it's been a very difficult process to get access to the information and yeah. understand how to take the steps. This conference, this uh, particular one, uh, is the first time I've seen a really concerted effort to bring new people into the process yeah. and explain it and and build that. And as we come out of COVID, everything's gonna be different. We know that, we're kind of feeling our way. So, um, I mean my my hope is that we, we continue in this process and ultimately we come up with the new paradigm that works And it makes a win-win for all of us. Yes, I love that. What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. In the the early 1980s, I was playing in a band called Ken Carlisle and the Cadillac Cowboys, kind of a a country show band. Mm -hmm. And we got a call to perform for President Reagan as he came to Illinois to announce a farm bill. So we were performing out in the middle of a cornfield. We have to get there hours and hours early. Secret Service checks us all out. The sniffer dogs come. It's time for the the event to happen. We're standing on a bunch of hay bales and and a hay rack playing. Reagan walks right in front of us. The national news is there, the TV cameras are on. We finish our segment, we go back to the dressing room, and I look down and my fly (laughs) is completely open. (laughs) So that night, I'm looking on the national news because there's shots, Mm -hmm. Gucci's going right by us. And fortunately, the Telecaster covered (laughs) me.
5: Oh, that is great. Uh, All right, thank you, Chris. Hey, my pleasure.
16: Hi, my name is Lisa Conlon. I'm from New York City. I work at the Paul Taylor Dance Company. I'm the internal booking agent at Paul Taylor Dance Company. So basically, instead of being an outside agent and working for an agency, I work inside the company and work directly with the executive director and the artistic director and then the development team. And we're a nonprofit, so it's kind of an unusual situation. A little bit different than Mm -hmm. working for an agency.
1: Why the arts? Why do you do what you
16: do? Because I love it and I love the people. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like coming to these things. Absolutely. Why conference? What's uh, do you
1: have a special conference memory?
16: My first conference memory was like being like an intern with Karen Kennedy because oh, wow. um, okay. she was my mentor, um, mm-hmm. and then just remembering that I just loved the energy of the conferences. Nice. What's
1: the best piece of business advice that you can offer new colleagues?
16: Just meet as many people as you can and just be nice and be kind and have fun. <laughs> What's your hope for the future? What do you hope changes in the next five to ten years? I mean, I, I feel like we're all very active in the industry and it changes with the people that are in it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's fine. I, there, There's that's nothing fine. in particular that have I to. have to say. But. You don't have to. You don't
1: have to. That's great. <laughs> um, what is your favorite mistake that you've witnessed on stage or were part of?
16: Oh. Oh, um, I was performing in a musical theater show, and I, one part of the staging was I had to go down into the audience and be singing. Fortunately, it was a comedy song, um, and then I had stage shoes on, character shoes, and the heel like went onto this part that wasn't the carpet, Uh-oh. and then it just slipped and fell on my butt, and then like Did but people, get hurt or. I, I, I didn't, oh, okay. but everyone started laughing and they thought it was part of the thing. And then at the end, like my director for notes after was just kind of like, like stay in the light for that one part. I'm like, I fell. Like, and she was like, oh, I didn't even know. So anyway.
17: That is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Lisa. Thank we appreciate you.
16: it. Awesome.
17: Chad Lindsay, City Opera House, Traverse City, Michigan. So professionally, <laughs> what I do is I very newly am the steward of a beautiful cultural center in a small town in Michigan. So Traverse City is a medium-sized, medium-small medium town in Michigan, and at the very heart of it is an, an opera house that was built in 1892, and I am now in charge of programming, fundraising for, and caretaking this beautiful old treasure.
3: Why the arts? Why do you do what you do?
17: I might be a little different uh, than some people on this. I think that they're a a sort of a a blank slate where a conversation can be started. And um, I'm encountering a lot of people who want to imbue the arts with a a politic of their own. And I'm a firm believer that it's a place where a conversation can be started. So, you know, I think the arts are ultimately a reflection of people they're the stories we tell each other about who we are and what we've been mm-hmm. and what we want to be. And in that mirror, we have the opportunity to reevaluate who we are and what we want to be. And I find that running a venue allows you to pick and choose the mirror, the, what kind of shade the mirror is going to have, and how it's going to show a community back to itself. And so I'm excited to be in the market that I'm in, making the choices I have to make. <laughs> Uh, it's a little nerve wracking, but uh, ultimately it's a really, really big honor.
3: Okay, so why conferences and what is your favorite conference memory or moment? I and just got here. I, I have say, no memories. So, what? So, I forgot so far, all I yesterday. <laughs> so, as your first conference, like what has your experience been like? This is only day two of the conference. So, yes. what's it been like so Ladies far? Ladies and
17: gentlemen, we are in day two of the conference. <laughs> And, okay, so far it has been exciting. Everyone is very enthusiastic. I'm a little overwhelmed. There is a lot going on. There there are so many people offering so many diverse artists, programs. It's exciting. I'm a little overwhelmed. <laughs> but I'm going to get there. And yeah. we have another two days. So I keep looking at the whole of the convention hall and being like, Aisle four needs to be for next, <laughs> for tomorrow. <laughs> like, I don't know how to tackle yeah, some of Yeah. We like it.
3: to, like, do the walkthrough first. Yeah, you yeah, kind of, yeah. like, meander and get the lay of the land and yeah. then, like, go back to what catches your eye and have those conversations. So yeah. you'll get there. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. Okay. So what's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues who are new to the field?
17: Don't forget to build time into your year to do a postmortem on your process. And, and really say what worked and like like build the time in to self-analyze before you even get into your year. So that when you get there, you can say, we've already built time in to stop and say what worked and what didn't. What were the numbers? What were the audiences? Which programs actually resulted in the outcome that they were designed to mm-hmm. have? And which ones missed the mark and why? And then let that inform your next choices. Uh, Along with that is my, I have a real fondness for just like sunset clauses in everything. So like if you build a committee, probably it shouldn't be a committee, probably it should be like a task force or a working group because those things can be disbanded with relative ease and just build everything you do with an end date so that you can say, we don't need to do that anymore. And no one feels like butthurt about it because you ended their committee. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, th- I think those are both excellent pieces of advice. It's Thank like, you.
3: Seriously, for real. <laughs> okay, so what is your hope for the future of our industry? What changes would you like to see in the next five to ten years?
17: I would like our industry to solve the riddle of how to decouchify the populace. That's <laughs> like how to get them out of the, You know, there. There's yeah. there's a sweet spot there, and there's also a content glut on streaming services and in the world of digital Uh, performance delivery, Mm -hmm. I think we're turning a corner. And people are going to want to get up off their couch and re-engage with their community. And the way to do that is at a performing arts space, largely. So I think we have to be ready for that. And we have to help guide that return to live arts and not just sit idly by and wait for people to trickle back. Like We need to be aggressive and intentional about guiding that return and saying this is how you get out of your house and this is what it feels like to re-engage with your community. And I know this is an odd thing to discuss at a touring convention, but um, we need to reinvest in the artists and artisans that are in our communities and bring. stop trying to bring someone from a wild and crazy place and think that that's how you sell tickets when, frankly, you're usually sitting on a gold mine of developing talent, and we've got to find a way to celebrate that that doesn't feel like an apology. Like, sorry, we have a bunch of local bands tonight. It's like, no, we have, I'm thinking of like, can we quarterly have, that's like what we're doing. Like quarterly, we put three bands in a night, And it's freaking fun because they come with their own audience. We're celebrating this new, this local talent. So I'd like to be a little more actively and aggressively hyper local about performing arts and and in big spaces, because I know that they're all playing the basements of bars, but like Let's pull them out of there and give them a lighting package for a night.
3: What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of?
17: Oh, um, well, I'm a performer, or was once. I, I was playing a Nazi in a musical, a serious musical about the Holocaust. And I was the scariest part of the show because I walked on and I was the... the stand-in for all of the evil. And all I had to do was say a few lines and introduce my wife and be quiet and terrifying, which I'm neither of those things naturally. (laughs) And I I lost her name. I I just said, ah, and this is my wife. Blanked. Couldn't think of her name, and so there was this horrible pause where everyone looked at me. People started on stage were, like, dying because they know I'm silly. But I was just mortified, and then I went... Judith, which isn't her name. It was Ingrid, and Judith is the most Jewish name you could possibly choose. So it made absolutely no sense. So I just lost half this, like on stage, people were just laughing at my face. I love it, it, it was terrifying. Oh my gosh. There's nothing wrong with that. It. It's just a sad story about my inability <laughs> to remember lines. It's happened to everybody. You're not alone. And Judy. I love it. And love it came out of me like from my lower abdomen because I just, I was like, <laughs> fill the void. That's amazing. Oh.
3: oh my gosh. Chad, well, thank you so much for joining us my on this pleasure. No Business Like. It's so great to have you
17: now as part of the Michigan performing arts industry. I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to meet you. I'm shaking your hand in real time. Yes. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you. All right. Thanks for being
18: here. Bye. Bye. Kevin Spencer. So I'm a magician by trade, but I've got this weird kind of thing that happens. I'm a magician with a PhD and my PhD is in disability studies and special education. So I use magic to help kids and adolescents with disabilities improve a lot of the skills that they find challenging in their everyday lives. Why the arts? Like, why do you do what you do? I started in the arts. This is where my heart is. My passion is here. Have always wanted to be a magician. I think anytime you talk to a magician, it's like something that we've wanted to do since we were a kid. Saw my first magician perform when I was five as I told my mom when I grow up, I'm gonna be a magician, as every good Southern mother does. She patted me on the head and said, you can do whatever you want to if you put your mind to it. I uh, went to college, got a degree in psychology for two reasons. One, if you're gonna do magic it's and mess with people's minds, it's nice to know how the, that process works. And two, psychology is just a, the degree that you get when you're not sure what you're gonna do for the rest of your life. You can build off of a psych degree. Uh, and then I worked my way through college doing magic. When I finished school, it was just—it just seemed natural for me to keep doing what I've always been doing. Now it's a very different conversation at 21 than it is at five when you tell <laughs> your parents, "Hey, I think I'm going to be a magician." But thankfully, yeah, it—it it all came together well.
5: Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, so, Kevin, why conferences?
18: That's a really great question because this is my first conference since APAP 2020, yeah, since the big conference, and I'll be honest, you know, I, I went through, a, I started to transition in this career around 2015 and really focus on the work of the disability oh, yeah. community. Yeah. Found a real heart for that among presenters who come to this conference, and they really embrace the work as we started to talk about sensory inclusive performances yeah. and how do you reach these populations in your community that are often forgotten. But then when the pandemic hit, everything kind of changed, and I started to refocus in a lot of different areas, too. So coming back to this conference, for me, is a toe dip. Uh, Do I still belong here? You know, is there still a place for what I do in this world? And the good part of that is, yes, I mean, I've had some really amazing connections already. And and just, you know, watching presenters embrace this idea of being both an artist and an academic, which mm-hmm. is just kind of a—it's two really weird, very different worlds. Yeah. But bringing those two together has been has been fun.
5: Do you have, from all your years of conferences, do you have a favorite conference moment?
18: Man, I have a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say that probably some of my favorite moments actually happen. Kind of extracurricularly mm-hmm. outside of the conference schedule. Yeah. Traditionally, at this particular conference, when it was Arts Midwest Conference, I would host a karaoke party. And uh, the last time we did that, uh, which would have been what, October, September 2019. 2019, yeah. I had 482 people at that karaoke <laughs> party. And it was wild, it, it, was, it was crazy, and it was fun. Just that moment where nobody's talking business, everybody's mm-hmm. just being themselves, being humans. Yeah. And, and it was incredible, even something around karaoke to watch how the arts just really melds people together. And I held on to those moments a lot during the pandemic.
5: What's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field?
18: Be yourself. Don't come in here and try and be somebody that you're not. Don't try to sell something that, you, that you're not doing. Mm-hmm. Don't try to, I, I'm, every, artists we always puff, right? We've got this thing and there's a per, certain amount of puffing that's yeah. legitimate. Yeah. But just be who you are. I, so my teacher as a magician, and this is gonna date me a lot, my teacher was Doug Henning, who happened to be a mm-hmm. pretty famous magician in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And Doug gave me four pieces of advice. He said, take dancing lessons, not because I ever wanna see you dance on the stage, but you need to know how to move on the stage in a way that makes your audience comfortable. Mm. Take acting lessons, not because you're gonna be an actor on the stage, but you need to be able to effectively communicate with your audience in a way that they're comfortable. And then the third thing he said was always be yourself because an audience can see through a phony. And if they like you, they will love what you do. And if they don't like you, there's nothing you can do that they're gonna like.
5: Wow. Kevin, what is your hope for the future of our industry? Like what changes would you like to see happen in the next five to 10 years?
18: So one of my passions obviously is in this disability community and within our community, but in a lot of other industries too, we toss around these words, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we've used them so much that we've, they've really lost their meaning and they've lost their impact. And I think it's time for us to step back from that a little bit and just start looking at human beings. Yeah. Just look at people for who they are because my world is kind of centered in this disability community. When we talk about inclusion, it means everybody. Yeah. And so I, what I'd love to see happen in our industry is more of this openness, less of this grouping and, and divisiveness that seems to kind of permeate society overall mm. I don't want that to happen within this industry. Yeah. As artists and as arts professionals, we know the value of the arts in building community and transforming people's lives. I want to see us re-embrace that and start looking at our communities as a whole and not as segmented fractions.
5: What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or
18: been a part? Oh my gosh, I cut my <laughs> wife in half one time and couldn't get her back together again. <laughs> I mean, that's like the worst thing that could happen to you as a magician, right? <laughs> and thank God, thank God I had a really, really great production manager who could see that happening from from the stage. And so I, he, I could see him, and basically when she wasn't going back together, I took a couple steps forward. I took a bow. The curtain came in. It was a blackout. The audience never knew that she was supposed to go back together again. She came walking back out on the stage later, fully together. But, uh, <laughs> I love that.
5: Excellent. Well, Kevin, thank you for uh, taking some time to chat with me. Thanks.
18: I appreciate it. Thanks.
19: Hi, my name is Martha Baim, and I am the Marketing and External Relations Coordinator in the Viterbo University Fine Arts Center. I market the Viterbo University Fine Arts Center, and we also have another venue called the Weber Center for the Performing Arts in La Crosse, Wisconsin. So, marketing, as we all know, it Involves many things, so email, social media, TV advertising, radio, traditional, social. I know I'm repeating things because I'm going through my mind of all the things that I do. Right. Um, And then there's also just kind of storytelling. Uh, You know, what is our brand? What is our message? What kind of things do we want our community to be able to see?
1: Why the arts? Why do you do what you do?
19: I love stories, and I think there's so many ways to tell stories visually, um, whether you're in the performing arts field or in your fine arts, or you're just interested in learning more about life. I think there's so many stories that we can tell each other and learn, culturally, um, about ourselves, um, about our communities, and about things that we don't know too much about.
1: So why conferences, and what is your favorite conference moment?
19: Well, I like conferences, is my first one here, um, but I've done two others in social media. And I just love connecting with people and networking and being able to see similar situations. Yes, you go through these things like I do. Um, and favorite conference moment, I mean, I guess I was surprised that the carrots were spicy. I know that's probably not your common answer, but I had a carrot and I was like, "What's happening to me?"
1: Where, where was it? Can you explain that a little more? Yeah,
19: it was a part of the uh, like ensemble we had of dinner with the wine, and it was just it didn't have a warning label, and I just <laughs> took a carrot and, and I took a carrots, and I think there were some. Well, looking back at it, because I went to go look, there was like a jalapeno around um. it, but I didn't realize that that was a sign. And I didn't take it, so I didn't think it was going to be spicy. So
1: I wouldn't have known. Yeah,
19: I, was, I, I warned a couple people, so I just felt the need <laughs> to tell them that there's a, a really spicy carrot out there in the world.
1: What's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field?
19: I would say be open to opportunity, and it's okay to not know things. Ask and try mm-hmm. things and see if they work. Measure it. And then the data doesn't typically lie, but you can always figure out whether that's the right move for you Mm. and whether you need to look at things a little bit differently.
1: What is your hope for the future of our industry and what changes would you like to see in it in the next five to 10 years?
19: I guess my hope is that more people are moved by the arts and that they see themselves in stories and that they can be moved by stories in whatever way that is meaningful for them.
1: What is your favorite stage mishap that you've witnessed or been a part of?
19: Um, I don't really know if I have, like, a mishap. Um, I'd have to, like, go deep into the depths of my memory, and I don't know if I have that, like, right off the top. I totally understand. Well,
1: thank Mm -hmm. you for doing this.
19: Yeah, you bet.
20: Jennifer Ross, Walton Arts Center, Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm the Vice President of Programming. I program all of the work that we bring through Walton Arts Center in Fayetteville. My team and I look at everything from Broadway to small jazz shows to comedy to dance to all the things. Wonderful. So why the arts? Why do you do what you do? I do what I do um, because I fell into the job. uh, About 21 years ago, Um, I got lucky. I was talking to someone on the playground when our sons were two years old and she told me we had an opening in our education department. My degree is in visual art education. And I applied for that job because I was tired of the job that I was doing Mm -hmm. and just got super interested in this business. And over the last 21 years, I've held multiple different positions at Walton Arts Center doing a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. and uh, really love the arts and and love what, what we do.
3: So why conferences?
20: And what is your favorite conference memory? Conferences are important because we get that face-to-face time with agents, with colleagues across the nation. We have that time to speak about the arts together, and about our audiences, about our issues and our successes, and it's very important to have that one-on-one time. Yes, we can pick up the phone, yes, we can email or text, um, but it's so important to have that face-to-face time mm-hmm. with people just so that um, we're human beings. We're 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 creatures that need to be around each other. And so Agreed. I think getting together face to face, we're able to feed off each other and, and really learn more um, from each other in that way. The Southwest presenters have um, over the years done agent parties during the Midwest Arts Conference, uh, during the first day or the first evening. And the first conference I, I came to attending that and just being welcomed into the fold was really amazing. And I think about that night and I think about all the, the friends that I met mm-hmm. that night who are still in the industry. We see each other you know, on an annual basis and it's so much fun. So I think that first agent's party that I went to was really my favorite memory.
3: So what's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field? Trust your
20: gut and don't be afraid to say no. We don't want to hurt pe- other people's feelings, but sometimes no is the right answer. Um, and as a programmer, I know what's right for my, my audience <laughs> and my region. Um, agents don't always know exactly what's going on in a region or what's yeah. going on in an art center. And so being able to say no gracefully and graciously is very important, especially if you're never gonna book a show. It's really important to be able to tell the agent, you know, this this is just not for me. Thanks.
3: So what is your hope for the future of our industry? What changes would you like to see in the next five to 10 years?
20: I love being in that stage in my career where I'm seeing many more young people come in. There are so many programs now at universities where... um, where you can major in arts management or you know, come out of university knowing that this is the job you wanna do. Whereas 21 years ago, that didn't exist. And so what I love is, is being a mentor and being able to um, help raise up that next generation of arts presenters and arts agents and art, artists themselves mm-hmm. um, to really function as a, an industry. We bring arts to the world and right. we have to make money and spend money and all that sort of thing. So it really is an industry, and, and I think um, I'm looking forward to what's next.
3: What is your favorite uh, stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of?
20: Luckily, I haven't been part of a stage (laughs) mishap. Um, But we had a Broadway show in, that show remained nameless, but they had projection screens, individual projection screens um, around the stage. And you can't see my hands, but I'm like
21: (laughs) showing Katie (laughs) where they are.
20: And there was a rolling platform and an actor jumped on the rolling platform platform and rolled it straight into one of those screens. Oh <gasps> no. And it broke. <gasps> and it went dead and you could see on the actor's face that he was mortified. And then the stage manager came on and said, ladies and gentlemen, we were going to take a short pause. <laughs> and they did something. Yeah. They, it didn't get fixed, but. But the show
3: must go on. The show must come on. So Excellent. it was fixed the next day, though. So okay. Oh, my it gosh. Completely well, what a broken. mortifying moment. But hopefully your audience was, like, there for it. And just Yeah, right. exactly. Yes. Oh, my yes. gosh. Well, Jennifer, thank you for sitting down with me. It was so nice to get to know a little bit more about you. Oh, and, my pleasure. Yeah. And we uh, hopefully we'll see you at the next conference. Okay. Thanks, Katie.
21: My name is Jessica Rosenblatt, I am the Executive Director of the Ohio Arts Professionals Network. For OAPN, um, as the Executive Director, I manage the day-to-day tasks and have a wonderful board of directors who uh, helps you know, guide our organization forward, and uh, we are just trying to be the best uh, organization out there for our members.
10: Why the arts? Why do you do what you do?
21: Yeah, so actually I blame my wife for that. Uh, we met uh, just about, actually we're going to uh, have our 15 year anniversary of being together this October and uh, she was playing at a bar in Fairview, Ohio and uh, we connected and then I, uh, my pickup line apparently was I have friends that could probably book you at a bar which I found out later on other men have used that to you know, hit on her and So uh, we started dating, and then we formed a a record label together, an LLC, which turned into an S-Corp, and we started uh, just working together, and I was her agent, and uh, we actually went to our first OAPN conference in 2015, and I was there as an agent for Fighting Chance Records representing Diana Chittister, and then the next year I went back with more artists, and then I became a board member for OAPN, and then in 2019 I became the executive director. So I blame my wife for getting me into the arts and uh, and into this world, but I love it.
10: That's great. Why conferences? And what is your favorite conference moment?
21: Yeah, so I love conferences. I like the energy. Um, I was just having a conversation with... Uh, of one of the agents about the the energy of it. It's kind of like when you run a race, right? Like when you run on your own, you have so much energy, but you run this race, you run a faster mile, and you just you're just it's a buildup and it's it's being around people. So um, I love reconnecting. I love the networking part of it, um, and you know I love watching the showcases. I really do. Like I I hop around. I. I'm a huge nerd for like Motown and Magic, so you know I uh, I just really enjoy those those parts of conferencing. Um, I think they're great. I think I think we need these uh, to you know reconnect and stay connected with folks in the business and see what's new and you know reconnect with the old friends too.
10: What is the best piece of business advice that you can offer to new colleagues in the field?
21: I don't know if I'm that well equipped to offer any <laughs> advice.
10: Well, with a record label and yeah. an agency of your own and representing artists, I think you're pretty well equipped.
21: So I'll say, because Diana, uh, who's my wife, we this is I think why we play well off one another. Uh, I just dive into things without really thinking, so I'm always just the whole, just do it and figure it out. Uh, if you fail, it's not that big of a deal. So. Uh, just take the first steps and and do it. Try it. Test it out. And uh, and just keep going.
10: What is your hope for the future of our industry? Mm-hmm. And what changes would you like to see in the next five to ten years?
21: Oh, that's a great question. Actually, I had a really great conversation with Tori uh, from Arts Midwest about uh, just all the all the new ideas. I think that that could come out of these conferences. Um, you know, but as somebody who plans conferences, I think what's really hard is changing the model while you're in it. Um, so I have a lot of ideas and, and I think that there's a bigger conversation that needs to happen. And I think our consortia are, are really connecting more and more and podcasts like these are great. And we learn from others in the industry. So I do have internally this five year plan of what I want to see, but I, I see as I plan a conference, how hard it is to incorporate these things because there's certain things that are so important. networking, you want to see showcases, you need professional development. How do you get all this stuff in exhibit hall? How do you get all this wrapped up in, in three, three and a half four days? So
10: And how do you create change? while breaking the norms that people are used to within yeah. those conferences.
21: Yeah. I don't know the answer to that yet, but I, I I have been thinking about this a lot and having these conversations. So I, if anybody also has thoughts or ideas, I invite anybody to come talk to me about this because I would, I would love to see growth and change so that it works for more people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I heard an artist in Cleveland who talks about you know making art and bring it to people where they're at. You know, I think covid changed so much and you know there are artists that will play in people's backyards and have you know like a block party sort of concert for folks and and I just think there's a lot changing with performing arts centers and and how people take in their their music and their entertainment and so much you know as we all joke but we compete with the couch uh-huh. <laughs> so how do we how do we keep people coming out and uh, because I think when they do they love it
10: what is your favorite mishap or disaster that you've seen or been around on stage
21: I don't know that I've had like a big mishap maybe we've played it too safe <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we haven't uh, tried hard enough to, to fail or do things too big um, I don't feel like we've had anything crazy i hate to say i'm sorry i have nothing fun to respond to
10: awesome thank you jessica for sitting down
21: hey thank you so much i really appreciate it awesome
12: hi i'm margot day the performing arts director at quad city arts i run a very unique residency program at Quad City Arts. So we serve schools in Iowa and Illinois and community sites, and we bring in performing artists in music and dance and theater to do week-long residencies at sites, so we don't have our own venue even. We take them out to schools and they perform live for kids.
1: That sounds really cool. It is. Why the arts? Why do you do what you do?
12: Uh, Because I was a teacher, and when you have an education degree, it's usually you teach, or you have to do something like sales, and I'm terrible at sales. So I got in the arts because I did have a background a little bit as a high school orchestra student.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. Why conferences? What do you like about them so much?
12: Well, my boss made me
1: come. Oh, it's, well, it's a good <laughs> boss then. It is
12: a good boss. Um, What's your
1: favorite conference memory?
12: We have had some really interesting conversations where it just happens that you meet somebody and then you bring up something totally random And then they say, oh yeah, that's great. And then so you have a longer conversation. And sometimes it turns into a professional relationship. um, And that's usually really helpful because it makes work more fun.
1: What's the best piece of business advice you can give to a colleague new to the industry?
12: Uh, Ask questions because you don't know what you don't know. And just starting with questions and building communication skills.
1: What's your hope for the future? Is there anything you'd like to see changed in the next five to 10 years?
12: Well, for Quad City Arts, we want a venue because it's easier to sort of promote things and have Mm -hmm. people attend if they physically see a space. But I think there's a whole lot of equity issues and I think there's um, sort of promoting to greater awareness how important the arts are Mm -hmm. and making sure that the business model is sustainable for everybody that's involved in the industry.
1: Do you have a favorite stage mishap that you've been a part of or witnessed?
12: Uh, We have a lot of school things that happen, so we've had kids that just wander up uh, you know, into the gym performance <laughs> space and they're hugging musicians. Um, they're asking questions. There's a whole lot of like, would you like my apple from lunch? <laughs> He's in the middle of singing. Right. Give him a moment. It'll be okay.
1: Thanks for yeah. joining us, Margot.
12: You're welcome. Thank you so much.
22: Hi, my name is Etienne Guerra. And I'm a violinist with Delirium Musicum that I lead from the violin actually because a self conducted chamber orchestra.
0: Any other details you want to add about what it is that you all do?
22: Yes, I'm trying to save the world one delirious note at a time.
0: Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) So why? Why the arts? Why do you do what you do?
22: Well, because I started the violin when I was five years old. And that's all I can do. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. I cook well, too.
0: Ooh, yeah. those are two things that go really well together. <laughs> um, so why do you like to come to conferences?
22: Well, it's a very nice uh, place where we can meet all kinds of artists and presenters. And you know, like just the most diverse and random people are here. And I think that's fascinating. And you see old friends. And sometimes you have friends who travel from pretty far. I mean, I have friends coming from France, actually, oh, wow. who are here. So it's, you know, I see them at conferences only. So we have our rituals. Uh, We always go to Chinatown for one dinner at least. Um, So
0: you knew what my next question was. I was going to say, what is your favorite conference moment?
22: Conference what? Moment. Moment. Dinners. (laughs) 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 I mean, the showcases are really cool. Um, especially because I can see many different things, right? I do mm-hmm. classical music, but I can see magicians and rock bands and anything. So I think that's, that's really fascinating. It's like a mini festival. Really. Yeah. No, it really is, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: What's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field?
22: Be open-minded and be nice to everyone and just keep your eyes open and your heart open and just let everything and every everything Uh, sink in because you have some amazing thing and sometimes you you see something that you're not very interested in the first year and three years later you just realize that's a perfect partner for anything, you know, for a cool project or you just never know. So just keep talking, meeting people, be friends, go out for drinks and food with them. (laughs) Um, Stay tuned with what they do and just make friends.
0: What's your hope for the future of our industry? Are there any changes you want to see in the next five to 10 years?
22: Well, I hope that politicians and the world in general can realize how artists in general are important. I think everybody who professionally tried to govern or do anything with the world is failing in every country in the world. So I think the artist has the only answer that we have left. And that's for a very simple reason. It's because we are bringing up the humanness in people. And I think that to make right decisions we need to be connected with who we are as human beings and you know also compassion and love and everything that goes with it in terms of touring find a, a model that's might be a little more sustainable for everybody, maybe with residencies and, and not go from city to city from one side of the country to the other, but maybe based in one location and then have some satellites programs from there and then move to the next location and do that. Mm. I think that would be a very interesting also being more engaged in the community and the location for, for the artists who move like that.
0: Yeah, um, that's awesome. Just
22: random ideas, you know.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. What is your favorite stage mishap that you've either witnessed or been a part of? Anything ever go wrong?
22: (laughs) I don't know if it's the funniest, but I think the most dreaded one for me and my colleagues. I think we play from iPads, Mm. so it's an iPad mishap. Mm. And one that was particularly funny afterwards was when we uh, premiered, or actually workshopped, a new commissioned piece uh, in San Francisco at a big event of the New York Times. And one of the iPads of my musician decided to restart itself in the middle of the performance. Mm. So it's a new piece, super hard piece. And then suddenly, not only you know, you don't have the right page, but your iPad goes black, and you see it's restarting. And then you have the apple coming up, and then you have to show to, to find your, your page again. And you just see that sheer terror in his eyes. And he keeps playing. I mean, he was amazing. He didn't miss a beat, so.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs>
22: So yes, to technology, but <laughs> when it doesn't go the way you want, it can be funny.
0: Well, thanks for sitting down.
22: Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> this is so cool.
23: Steve Hoffman, Executive Director of Center College's Norton Center for the Arts in Danville, Kentucky. I am a matchmaker. I try to get amazing artists and connect them with incredible community members and turn them on to something new, exciting, and cultural.
3: I love that description. That is wonderful. Okay, so why the arts? Why do you do what you do?
23: I went to my very first rock concert in 1980. It was the Electric Light Orchestra, and I was transformed. I wanted to book rock concerts and be part of that industry forever. and. That just led me to where I am now. So, did you ever actually get to do the rock concert portion of that? I do. I have had uh, Ann Wilson of Heart a couple of weeks ago, and Stix and ZZ Top, and Dolly Parton, and the Electric Light Orchestra. Uh, it's, <laughs> Full It's circle. really been amazing. We had towed the Wet Sparkle a week ago, so you know well, that's just a doing blast all from the that.
3: past. Yeah. Oh, well, that's fantastic. So, why conferences, and what is one of your favorite conference
23: memories? I love going to conferences because I, especially a regional conference, because that's my research and development. It's an opportunity to really shop and learn what's out there and understand what artists are going to be touring. I will create a list of probably 200, 250 artists after this going, how do I pair that down to 15 or 20? Mm -hmm. So that is... uh, really uh, why I love it and the networking and getting to see people and have professional development all of that is so important in the whole mix when you live in a small community or even a large community, get having that opportunity to speak with arts administrators and presenters and agents and artists um, is a good refresher of our batteries. Yeah, totally. And my very first year at APAP was in 1990 and all of the agents were really nice to me and I wasn't presenting, I was a student volunteer and this one, one uh, agent, she's like, I am happy to talk to you. But as soon as someone comes by, I am not going to talk to you anymore. (laughs) And we were talking and all of a sudden her back turned on me and she starts talking to someone else. And I'm like, this is business. Yeah. And I I respected that.
3: What's the best piece of advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field?
23: Explore everything and start trying to figure out what your aesthetic is. Understand Mm -hmm. what your niche, try to, if you're a presenter, what is your Um, curatorial vision how are you trying to transform a community and help them explore all of the wonderment of the arts so if you don't know about jazz Go to some jazz concerts and start getting educated and talk to jazz agents. If you don't know about theater, do the same thing, classical. And the more you're exposed, the more you're enriched and you'll be able to really have a vocabulary and understanding to present in a very uh, broad, eclectic way, but with always quality.
3: What is your hope for the future of our industry? What changes would you like to see in the next five to 10 years?
23: <laughs> I would love to see ticket sales not picking up in the last week of a show going on sale. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like it's very anxiety-inducing. It is very anxiety-inducing. So, um, no, seriously, I being able to think to the mission more than to the commercial and trying to figure out and both is important but that mix and when we're scared when we're uncertain about the future we tend to go more conservative and how are we going to get the dollars we're we're told by our bosses we all report to somebody it's all coming down to the bottom line so we sometimes have to compromise that mission and so being able to turn that around so that that is more like it becomes more of the priority.
3: What is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of?
23: There was an amazing, nostalgic 50s singer for a holiday show, and all of a sudden, unbeknownst to her, from the audience arrives Elvis Presley, not the real one, an impersonator, and he starts singing her a song on stage. I mean, we had security, but she kind (laughs) of let him come up. (laughs) And she was kind of into it, and then she fell backwards onto the ground, onto the stage. Oh, my goodness. I was in the back of the orchestra section. I couldn't have been on that stage faster. I was up, and she's pushing away, going, I can do this myself. And she was probably in her 70s, and, you know, bless her for just getting back up there and unwavering just kept going.
3: Wow, that's amazing. Oh, well, I'm, the show must go on, right? The show right?
23: must go on. <laughs>
3: it well, Steve, thanks so
23: much for sitting down with me. This was super fun. Yeah, thank you. And best wishes with everything.
24: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Jorge Casco, executive director for Fly Dance Company. We inspire the youth and we use hip hop as a vehicle to pivot them into the arts or feeling good and loving who they are and who they're created to be, which is themselves.
5: So, Jorge, why the arts? Why do you do what you do?
24: Because it saved my life. I was growing up in an environment where there was a lot of violence and negativity around me. I didn't know that this is what you could do as an entertainer. Wow. I started hip-hop touched my soul, and it was something that I could express myself, and. When I saw this, I saw the group that I'm I'm working with now at 14, and a lot of my friends were passing away or getting locked up for things that they shouldn't be doing. I said, you know what, this is it, you know? And the only way that I knew how to get out of that was through following my heart and pushing this art form. Why conferences? Because it's a great way to see what's out there um, what, I, what we needed to do to level up, mm. what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, the connections and uh, an, a conference like Midwest Arts Expo is amazing because whether the conference knows it or not, you're changing lives, yeah. right? you're providing opportunities. Mm-hmm. And for someone that comes from a place like me and f- from the background that I come from, you know, we never made excuses, but we know hard work pays off. And when you put the hard work in here, and you can connect those dots, and have the venues and the artists, and you know the entertainers that are coming to these conferences, and the way that this conference is built, mm-hmm. now we love it because it was nobody was really a stranger, you know. And, yeah. And I think that it's important for a conference and for the artists to understand, you know, the type of quality. That these buyers and the presenters are looking for. Excellent. What is your favorite conference moment? Favorite conference moment was when we got a standing ovation in the early 2000s at the Western Arts Alliance conference, and they told us that that's never been really happened. That's never happened. All the presenters stood up and gave Fly Dance Company a standing ovation, oh. and that kind of kicked off our, our touring season. And we had a line wrapped around the, the corner, <laughs> and um, we started doing. That's when we pivoted. At the time, there wasn't a lot of street dance companies or hip-hop dance companies. Mm -hmm. And we were doing something fresh and new without these TV shows that there is now. And uh, we took the industry by storm and we are doing, so we had a string of of standard ovations, 65 I think is the the record that we had. And we did over 200 educational programs. We were doing about 300 programs, 260 programs a year. We did that straight through for about five five to six, seven years, I think. back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back, yeah. you know, and they kind of put, put us in the forefront.
5: Jorge, what's the best piece of business advice you can offer to colleagues new to the field?
24: Be a student, understand, be patient, you know, so. and learn as much as you can, ask questions, yeah. you know, if you don't know.
17: Yeah.
5: Um, what is your hope for the future of our industry? Like, What changes would you like to see in the next five to ten years?
24: more companies like us that represent different communities Mm -hmm. i would like to see minority companies excel at different higher levels and i just want to see you know the new generation what's the next step out there Mm -hmm. you know i want to see i I just i want to see just a representation of who we are you know in the arts and positions of power positions um all across the board to where i don't want it to be you know the first so-and-so and and it just needs and it just needs to be that this person is qualified and it happens to be this or that, it doesn't matter. We just, it just needs to yes. be like, just love. You know what I mean? Like just, yes. just, just be be good with love. Yes, what
5: is your favorite stage mishap that you have witnessed or been a part of?
24: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many from falling off the stage <laughs> to oh. like, we had, a, we had a, I was on doing a, a Claire de Lune on a skateboard and we we're in Reno at this amphitheater and in the middle of the show, there's like a dust storm. We're wearing white and we're sweating. <laughs> so I'm like going to, trying to do this ballet movement and I have a mouth full of dirt. And I like, we were choking and like, it was just, just like our white costumes <laughs> were just like, it looked like someone just threw chocolate on us. It was just, oh, it was man. weird. And then one other time we were, we were like in Jacksonville, Wyoming, and our, uh, the founder of Fly, Kathy, she's like, make sure you're wearing your undershirt your black under, like, you know, because we wear different costumes. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, I'm green too. Like, this is, like, one of our first shows. I'm like, man, whatever, I'm not gonna change. I'm just gonna put my, I'm gonna have my white boxers on. Like, we're on, like, show 40. I'm like, and nothing's happened. I'm gonna be okay. (laughs) And this is, like, a a small theater, maybe, like, 500 seats or something. (laughs) And we're, we're, it's like, it's at an incline. I remember just, doing the show and there's a part where I have to kind of stand oh, for our listeners like I'm kind of like sitting down, imagine sitting down without a chair and like, holding that position yeah. and I have to open my legs and catch one of the guys that's doing a flip on top of me and I go like that and I go and my whole crotch area oh. ripped, and it's just like white and this lady's in front of me and she just she just looks at me just gives me a big old smile <laughs> I'm just like trying to like close my legs like no! Ah. You know what I mean? And I could hear hear my director in the background, just in in my head, just, I told you not to do that. So I mean, I got story for days, but that's a couple of more. That's great. All right, Jorge,
5: that is it. Thanks for uh, stopping in and uh, sitting down with us. Sweet.
24: Thank you, man. Thank you.
25: Hi, my name is Jeff Laramie. I'm the president of SRO Artists Incorporated in Madison, Wisconsin. I've uh, headed up this company since 1980. So this is 43 years in the business. As uh, I told you yesterday, we started with the first fax machine and all this sort of stuff. Uh, But I've represented uh, music and performing arts uh, performers for many years in many genres, which has been a, a real joy because I've been exposed to and been able to represent some wonderful artists some mildly famous, and we've made some pretty famous, and we've worked with people from all over the world. And I think over that time I've booked something like 35,000 shows. Why the arts? Why do you do what you do? Well, I had a major in music in college. I always, uh, you know, I wasn't really a rock and roller. I wasn't aimed for that. But I did solicit myself to a booking agency to, for my first job, and it was classical and dance. So I started in sort of the world of performing arts, and that just continued, the, the business changed, different people got signed, we got a different identity, but it's, uh, first and foremost, it's pretty much been re-rooted in the performing arts centers, and then as it grew, contemporary art, uh, contemporary music, clubs, concerts, festivals, etc. Why do you conference, and what is your favorite conference moment? Uh, because I think the best way to do business is face-to-face. And uh, I've been very involved with all of the conferences, especially Arts Midwest, because I live in the Midwest. Uh, But I've served on boards. I've given sessions. I was in the NAPAMA board for nine years. uh, And uh, it's just part of my DNA. What's the best piece of advice, business advice, you can offer to a new colleague? I would say stay in it, because the longer you're in it, the, the more opportunities appear. It's a who you know business, and if you stop after you know a third of the people you should know, you lost a lot of ground. You shouldn't have been there in the first place. You have to like people. I have to agree with that. What is your hope for the future of our industry, and what changes would you like to see in the next five to ten years? Well, this business has already changed with social media and and you know, less personal interaction, which I still think is really important. You know, we we have a lot of trust in one another. Some shows make money, some shows lose, and you have to be able to weather those storms. And uh, I'm not really sure how it's going to change. I think I, I spoke at a session yesterday that I said you have a tremendous opportunity with social media to to your horizons, but, but it's, it's not as personal. So what is your favorite stage mishap that you've witnessed or been a part of? Oh my gosh, well, I'm also a performer. Uh, we had a guy's headstock of his guitar melt off in the middle of a song one time. Oh my gosh. Uh, I had uh, a co player that I performed with. Uh, we were laughing so hard, he fell into a box of t shirts and couldn't get out. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've had the power going out in the middle of a show. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, I, I can't count the mishaps, there's too many. Sure, sure. Well, thanks for joining us, Jeff. Thanks a lot.
0: Alright everyone. Thanks for listening to There's No Business Life. Our producers and hosts are Brian Zelmer, Josh Benson, Kevin Maynard, Katie Miller, and me, Danielle Vano. Views expressed in this podcast are ours alone and are not reflective of the organizations we are a part of. Keep up with us at nobusinesslife.com. There you'll find links to all of our episodes and socials. If you like this podcast, give us a like, a follow, a review, or our favorite, a five-star rating. Oh, wait. What was that site? <laughs> I got it. Don't worry. It is nobusinesslike.com. Do I sound out bus ness every time I type it? Yeah, sure do. Stay in touch, my friends.
5: <laughs> wait, wait, say that again. I said, Katie is the best interviewer out of all you guys. So, uh,
3: where's this prize? Where's this prize, Kevin? Where's this prize? Where's the prize?
5: There is, I don't know. Kevin. Oh. Ooh, nice.
3: Would you like some Michigan swag? You're yes. being so kind.
5: Of course. I'm not being kind I mean, truthful, Katie. Oh, this is nice. A, a sticker of Michigan. Yeah. This is, these are, have to be really popular. <laughs> It's it's beautiful. Thank Thank you. you. You're welcome. I love it. Oh, and there's different colors. Yeah, you get to choose one. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. I mean we are the Great Lakes State. Well, my wife will put this on her water bottle. Perfect. I love it. I'm gonna take two of these. Thank you
3: so much. I love that compliment. You're welcome. (laughs) Katie
25: too, Kevin Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sorry, Kevin.